Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Common ground, alternative activist empowerment talk radio, speaking truth to our and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro, that's nothing. What were you before the white man you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? This is about what we didn't do. Amen. Then it speaks to us and the possibility for us as a future person. Because ultimately, our people's future resides on what we do outside of the White House. African descent family, America failed. She put them in chains. The government put them on slave quarters, put them on action block, auction blocks, put them in cotton fields, put them in inferior schools, put them in substandard housing, put them in scientific experience, experiments, put them in the lowest paying jobs, put them outside the equal protection of the law, kept them out of their racist bastions of higher education, and locked them into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America? No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God... Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Our Common Ground, a higher ground for discourse, discussion, solutions, and ideas. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Talk, talk, that matters. matters. Transforming truth truth to power. One broadcast at a time. And now to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. And good evening and thank you so much for being with us here tonight on Our Common Ground. It is our final episode in our series, Witnesses from the Bridge. Tonight joining us, the award-winning filmmaker, Nicole Lavon. She is preparing a documentary series that explores the lives of African and Latin icons who have made major contributions to our culture and our community. 
living legends, and we're going to be talking with her here on our ground, our common ground as we meet. Wow, I'm having a hard time. I hope that all of you out there are uh, either enjoying, observing those who are enjoying the Easter season and Passover season, and those of you who are participating. Um, It's a big week for Christians in this country and around the world. And we extend to them the hope and renewal of this season. And I hope that uh, you are doing well. We've had a tough, we're just having some tough, tough, Week after week after week in America, um, on um, the last week and a half, we have looked at a major city, Chicago, Illinois, closing 56 public schools, and most of them will affect, those closings will affect 30,000 African American and Latino students who are predominantly poor on the South and West Side. And we stand by, even with our protests, uh, feeling pretty much that both protests and political pressure are not going to be enough to bear on that problem. And I am predicting, after 28 years of broadcasting, bold, brave, and black across this country, that uh, we simply are not finding our feet in the era of Obama, uh, standing on our common ground. I am hoping that we find some sense and spirit of perseverance, of being informed about how you work in a system that is designed to oppress you, and that we can look back over the bridges which have brought us to this place to find solutions for not only our children and our families and our community today, but find solutions to build a much more secure and empowered future. And again, thank you for being with us. Let me tell you a little about our series, Witnesses from the Bridge, during um, Women's History Month. We have chosen here at Our Common Ground to bring to your attention the many people who have heard the clarion call, women who came to change a nation and to lift up our people. And tonight with us, we have the award-winning filmmaker, Nicole LaVan. She is uh, one of those creative and innovative people who have found a way to use multimedia to tell our story, to lift up our story, and to record us. For history. Uh, Nicole Levan is an award winning filmmaker with a master's degree in fine arts from the City University of New York in media arts production. 
She is currently in pre-production of Living Legends, uh, working with film fundraisers uh, since December to ensure that she can fund a project working with an array, array of agencies, corporations, and nonprofit organizations and government offer, uh, agencies to build and educate uh, cause marketing campaigns so that she can produce living legends. Uh, she plans to shoot in early May through late July. Now, let me tell you a little about this documentary, this project. Living Legends is a documentary series that explores the lives of African and Latin icons who have made major contributions to our culture and community, and it features legends such as friend of our common ground, Dr. Leonard Jeffries, Jamal Joseph, and legendary last poet, Abiondun Oyewole. Uh, the film, our documentary, will include testimonials and interviews with people who are achievers and contributors, and they are being allowed to tell their story from their point of view. And we are just so very pleased to be able to have Nicole Levan with us. But before we bring her in, I'd like for you to hear a trailer, a research trailer, from the documentary project, Living Legend. that they can make a change and I believe they want someone to help them find a way and find their way uh, and and I'm there and I've had success working with a lot of young people I, I go into prisons I work I, I was I worked at spot for a very long time working with our young juveniles and I, I enjoy the, the opportunity to do that because I feel first of all that they accept me and once they accept you you, you can get a lot done Gil Noble. He was our leading TV uh, personality for many years. In 43 years, he had his own program, like it is, mm-hmm. on ABC TV. And um, the last few times he had me on the program, he was trying to get that question clearly out of me. And I stated to him that uh, all my life, there's been a desire to work with African peoples, with black people. And uh, even though we were integrated with the white community, there was this special desire to bond with our mm-hmm. people. And I believe that is not something I got from TV, radio, or from the school system. I got that from home. And the person who most likely was in the vanguard of laying down that message was my mother. One of the youngest national spokespersons for the Black Panther Party and a leader of the, uh, of the New York State chapter, and uh, traveled around the country speaking, 
uh, helped organize other chapters, did a lot of work, of course, within, you know, the field offices, uh, did a lot of work within the field offices uh, in New York and New Jersey, you know, the whole tri-state area, uh, and went back to prison um, where I was convicted of, of uh, hiding out people who were on the run for the FBI and, and you know, other um, acts connected to my involvement in the movement and uh, spent a total of nine and a half years in prison. While I was in prison, I became a writer, I became a poet, I formed a theater company, uh, also took advantage of some of the college programs that were there and earned uh, two college degrees while I was in prison. I was in prison and I started realizing the potential uh, for the creative arts to transform lives, to raise consciousness, to bring people together. Hi, I'm Sinbad. Support living legends while they're still alive. Nicole, thanks for all you do because you are a griot and an artivist. And I want to say support living legends and support living legends at filmstress.com. You owe to yourself to visit that website, to know this work, to support this work, to make sure that these stories get told. Feel good about me and blame no one for my Cause I'll be strong to turn it around. I want to go up, I'm not going And that is the research trailer from Living Legends. And now the filmmaker, Nicole Levan. Thank you so very much for joining us on Our Common Ground. Nicole? Nicole? Hello? Hello? Yes, Nicole? Janice? Yes. This is Wilmer. Wilmer Leon, how are you? I am well. Am, am I early or am I on the wrong day? You're on the wrong day. How are you? I, oh, I, I caught your show today. Thank you so very much for such a wonderful program today. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry. I thought we were scheduled for this evening. No, we're scheduled for April 6th. Oh, well, then I'll call you back on April 6th. No, let me let me ask you something. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I just love radio. Uh, to my audience, this is the host of Inside the Issues, Wilmer Leon, who's going to be joining us on April 6th for a full program. Yeah, this, um, this is Wilmer Leon who can't read a calendar. Anyway, go <laughs> You know, that's part of the problem because we're all trying to use the electronic calendars on our phones and smart devices, and it gets and, a little bit screwed up. Yeah, um, I, I'm sorry. I, I thought that I was supposed to be on with you this evening. No apologies I, 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 necessary. Until the phone uh, comes on, we can talk. Uh, actually, we're talking with Nicole Levon um, t- tonight about her film, Living Legends, and I certainly would recommend that uh, you might want to invite her as well. Okay, um, we'll do I'll do that. Okay, great. Well, if you want to stay with us, you can, and okay. you're certainly welcome, and I would be honored to have you. But if not, I will see you on April 6th. 
Well, let me say this. If, if, if Nicole isn't on and you want to talk, fine. If she's on and, and you want to talk to her, I'll talk. You let me know what you okay. want to do. Okay. I, I, did, I did confirm with her again this afternoon. Hold on. I'll put you on mute okay. for a moment. Okay. okay. Live radio. Nicole. I think 347 is not Nicole. I don't know if she's having a problem or not. But, again, I want to welcome all of you uh, to our show, and I certainly hope that she'll be joining us. But in the meantime, we're going to talk with Wilmer Leon, uh, the host of Inside the Issues with Wilmer Leon on XM Sirius Radio. Uh Wilmer, you know, one of the things I want to get um, uh, uh, while we have you is to ask you about Chicago and whether or not it is a reflection of some strategy that's going to happen in urban centers all over the country. Uh, as it relates to the to the teachers? Right. As it relates uh, to the school closings. Yeah, as it relates, yes. Um, well, I'm not, I'm not, Quite in a position to say that it is a uh, a, a thought through national strategy, but mm-hmm. I think that what we're seeing in Chicago is going to replicate itself across the country. I don't think that it's a coincidence that Rahm Emanuel, former uh, chief of staff for the Obama administration is now the mayor of Chicago, that Arne Duncan came out of Chicago as the, what, the superintendent of Chicago schools? Yes. And and is now the secretary of education in whose administration? The Obama Mm -hmm. administration. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. think that that, and we we now see, um, you know, what's been going on as it related to the first with with the teacher's issue, and uh, Ron Emanuel, and now what we see in terms of school closing, I don't think that that's a coincidence. I'm not quite ready yet to say that it is a actually uh, an actual thought-through, contrived strategy, but it's not a coincidence. Yes. Well, one and, of the things that it another, occurred another thing, to me... Another thing that, that, that people need to understand is that public education in this country is I think the number is it's about a $50 billion a year enterprise. And I don't think it's a coincidence that as the American economy has been contracting, there's been increased discussion about privatization of public education because what that is doing is providing access to public tax dollars to private interest. And so uh, I, I don't think that is a coincidence either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that it occurred to me is that if you put the combination, the formula together or the equation uh, that talks about the Obama administration's support of charter schools and the kind of privatization of public education that it that it manifests 
and if you put together the fact that Rahm Emanuel is one te- tough, tough heifer of a political figure, that well, the testing salvo would go to him. Well, you know, he's not as tough as, as he thought he was, and we found that out based upon the result of the teachers' union issue. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think initially Ron Emanuel thought that he was going to be able to deal with the teachers, Chicago Teachers Union, the same way that he had dealt with uh, members of Congress and others as he was successful in the Clinton administration and the first term of the Obama administration. But he ran up against some stone-cold education gangsters in Chicago who let him know, ain't no punks in here, and uh, we're not going to sit idly by unless you think you're going to bully us or or run roughshod over public education in, in the city of Chicago. So... Rom Rom's not as tough as as, as uh you know as uh as folks want to make him out to be. And um you know, I think this should be a real wake up call to people across the country that we have to regain control of our uh public education. Of our public schools. Mm-hmm. I, I called into the Alpha show last night and talked about the idea of how we have essentially given away our um, power when we allow mayors to appoint school boards. As they're now trying to do in uh, with the latest city, oh, their uh, latest, uh, yeah, in uh, Prince George's County, Maryland. Uh, uh-huh. they're, trying to, they're trying to do the same thing in PG County, Maryland, and um, uh, that is a that is a, a, a grave grave mistake. Um, you know, I think I think that um, too many people in this country are are forgetting what is really at the core of democracy, and what is really at the core of democracy. That's right. When we public, give up our voice. We give up our voice. We give up our um, our access. We we give up we give up our involvement in the process. We are usurping, not usurping. We are. Uh, um, I, I've just lost the word in my head. Uh, anyway, we are giving up our, uh, our capitulating to a political machine. We are abdicating our responsibility, right? Uh, and and not holding are elected officials accountable. And when it comes to the education of our children, that is, you know, and, and I'm I'm the father of an 11-year-old in public school. My son is in public school. And, um, you know, you got to stay involved in the process. That's right, because when the opportunity or the challenge to have to push back at a at, at the educational system at the local level comes, they can always use the rule that you're out of order. And you're out of order because you have no representation on that board. It's the mayor's representation. I mean, we have that. Uh, I, I had a discussion this morning with the mayor of Boston 
who I happened to be at an event with um, about uh, going back to an elected school committee. And his argument was that at the time that the school committee was uh, being elected in the city of Boston, uh, the black community was unable to have a an elected representative, which is not true. Uh, but aside from that, it's because of the kind of districting, which is why people have to pay attention when redistricting issues come up. But I think that this whole notion of having an appointed school board, and it, and it was true in Detroit, it's true in Chicago, it's true in in um in Boston and and it's true in in so many cities in Atlanta it's true in Miami it's true i mean this is a a craziness where we have allowed and and I think the word the the absolute correct word and pointed word is abdicate abdicate our responsibility to make sure that we have representation. But th- then it takes me, Wilmer, and as a political, uh, a professor of political science at Howard University, I, I want to get your take on this. Have we lost our will and have we lost our objectives around having elected officials in general to serve our interests because of some history. Yes. Yes, we have. And it, it's it's unfortunate uh, because, to your point about moving from an elected school board to an appointed school board, I don't think it's a coincidence that as the movement in public education has been towards the privatization of public education, there's been a parallel move away from elected school boards to appointed school boards because that's a way of of keeping a lot of the activity that goes on behind the schools and where the money goes and how the money's spent is under the radar. We have moved from we have moved towards a privatization of American prisons and jails in this country. I don't think that is a coincidence. I wrote my dissertation on that on that topic. Um, and too many of us now are, are, are getting so caught up in what we think are the things that we're supposed to be paying attention to as it relates to everyday life that we're, I think we're losing focus on the fundamental things that impact our quality of life. And there are too many of us today who think that it's now somehow become the responsibility of the schools to raise and educate our children instead of understanding that the schools are really there to um, uh, supplement what it is you be, that, the, that the kids are being taught at home. You know, there was a time when, we went when we when we went to school in the first grade. We went to school knowing how to read. We went to school knowing what our colors were. We went to school understanding some fundamental mathematical concepts. Now 
unfortunately, and, and, and I'll just speak to our community, I hear too many people saying, that's why I send my child to school. No, that's not why you send your child to school. You are, as a parent, supposed to be socializing your child at home. That's not the job. That's not how, that's not why or how the school, the public school system was designed in the first place. But because of changes in our society and changes in our culture and changes in our community, we are now putting pressures on the public school system that the public school system was never designed to address. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I, 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 I agree with you on one hand, but then as a taxpayer uh, and as uh, an advocate for early, uh, early school, early education, I think that the educational system is failing as well that they haven't made the landfall transformation that needed. I mean, in our community, we're looking at the second generation coming out of both the heroin and crack epidemic. And to me, that means that you're seeing children of children who have coming out of the uh, the crack epidemic, have extreme developmental and physiological problems around learning. So they failed in our public school system, and now we're expecting them to bring counsel to their own children about education, and it's not going to happen, Wilmer. Well, but you see, Janice, that's my point. The school system, the the, the public education system was not structured and designed to deal with those issues. So so the, the, the parents of these children who are in the crack houses aren't in the schoolhouse. They aren't going to the PTA meetings. Mm-hmm. They aren't they aren't volunteering in the school and providing the types of support that parents provided when I was in school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I look at I look at where my son goes to school. My son goes to a Title I school. My son goes to a Title I school, and I am so glad that he is in that school because the principal runs that environment like it's supposed to be run. The vice principal runs that environment like it is supposed to be run. And the fact that it's a Title I school means that they are getting additional resources to provide the level and quality of education that kids are supposed to get. And my mm-hmm. wife is up there almost every day volunteering I am up there volunteering. We are engaged in the process, and we are ensuring that our son gets the level and quality of education as a taxpayer that that my tax dollars are supposed to get. But mm-hmm. when we walk into those when we walk into those PTA meetings, I'm I'm, I'm wondering 
where's everybody else? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I, I have some, some thoughts about that, too. We tend to um, criticize and understand the the um, the lack of participation and support that parents engage in in public schools. But at the same time, uh, there are most of the schools across America, people, uh, parents who want to get involved, get involved in what it might be considered a political machine uh, where parents are essentially used uh, as, as targets to be told what to do and what's going to happen, and and their voice, it's not a democratic process well, because see, there's I, so much politics in it. Well, I, I, I understand that that is a, an element of the reality, but at the same time, I don't think that there are enough parents putting enough pressure on the system to to ensure that their children are being mm-hmm. or receiving the quality of education that they expect. I agree. I I, I have to agree about that. Um, but one of the things that I sense is that the majority of parents in urban settings really don't know what to ask for, can't analyze what the problems are. And we don't have a mechanism in our community, for instance, to teach parents how to evaluate what's going on in their schools and and, and to look at whether a school is being effective for their children. Well, you know, Janice, we're failing in so many ways, Wilmer. That's what I'm saying. Well, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't debate that with you. But, but at the same time, I I, I would, I would submit to you that uh, that those same parents have no problem dealing with a basketball coach if they don't think that their child is getting enough playing time. Mm -hmm. Those same parents won't have problems stepping to a, I don't know, a a bodega owner who they think disrespected their child in the bodega. Or a child, or a teacher, or principal. Well, but but that's my point. Well, right, yeah. They 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 don't have a problem responding to a teacher who they feel disrespected their child. But are they up there involved in the process as much as their schedules will allow them to be involved in the process? And unfortunately, I will say to you, too many of them are not because they're operating from the premise, that's not my job. I send my child to school to be educated and that's what the school is supposed to do. Instead of understanding that if you're not in that environment advocating for your child, your child is not probably not going to get everything from the system that they're supposed to get. If 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 my if my son comes home and is looking halfway wrong, 
I'm up in there saying, what's going on? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they, mm-hmm. and they, you know, when 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 Wilmer Leon walks in the walks in the building, everybody knows Wilmer Leon's in the building. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I hear you. and 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 I don't say that to 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 say that it's a confrontational circumstance. No, because I go up there understanding that you all, God bless you, are teaching my child, and I am grateful for the fact that you are committed to doing so, and I am here to support you. I go in there in peace, love, and, and gratefulness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, I, but they also know that if I don't get the answers that I'm looking for, we're going to escalate this thing, and I'm not leaving until I get what I came to get. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Fortunately, and fortunately for me, the principal, the vice principal, and Everybody in that school, they are wonderful, wonderful people. And and, and and God bless them because they are doing a tremendous job, but it's A, because the, 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 the administration is sound and solid, and B, because there are parents up in there ensuring that their children get what they're supposed to get. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the thing is that if we had good community development going on in our communities, there would be some kind of academy or program to help parents understand the factors that you just raised. I mean, um, yesterday my, 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 my grandson, who is 11, his school had their big fundraiser, and my daughter and 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 his father they're running around um making sure that they meet the challenge that each parent each family had for the fundraiser um so that my daughter said to me so that when I step up people know I'm stepping up to all my responsibility and there that includes go. my child and and and, and that's the, that's an approach you know and I mean, I think that part of my success as a parent with with a child in public school had to do with I grew up with 26 teachers around me. My mother and all her sisters and brothers were teachers in as a public school mother, setting. As was my father, as mm-hmm. was my grandmother, as mm-hmm. were most of my aunts. And so you understand the system. And I think we have... I think, I mean, I don't know, and I deal with a lot of people who are coming out of the community that they've just had a hard life, they they, they are not sophisticated, they don't understand the politics, but I know very few parents who are not willing to put in the effort that is necessary to be a good parent in a school setting uh, who wouldn't be if they could be. Janice, but see, I I don't, that you and I are going to have to disagree on because I think our schools are full of too many ignorant, ignorant, ignorant parents that have no business being parents. I I agree with you about that. Because that we have too many parents who sh- who are not ready to be parents, and 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 they don't understand, 
you know, what it takes. I, I don't have time to be going all up there talking to them. No, that's your job. You yeah. had a child, that's your job. You don't have, if you can spend time at the nail salon, if you can spend time getting your hair done, if you can spend time waiting for the cable man to come, then you have time to be up in that school ensuring that your child is behaving as he or she is supposed to behave and is getting from the system what they're supposed to get. I hear you. I I hear you, Wilmer, but I think that as community advocates, we have some responsibility to flush that problem out. And see, Jan, I simply you heard, have If you not... heard my show today, you heard you heard my man Lawrence uh, from Texas yes. say it's time to start kicking people in the teeth because we're because we're not telling people we're losing. I I. I absolutely agree. And last night, um, 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 uh, Alpha on the Alpha show, he and I went at it for about 20 minutes. But I still believe that if we have to train parents to understand how to negotiate that system, then we need to do that, and that needs to be one part of our strategy. Because, Wilma, I, I mean, I think you've heard me say this before. I'm really scared that we are in a war and nobody's fighting. You are absolutely right. You are absolutely right. You know, and I, I don't know if people are sitting back and thinking that Barack Obama is going to come and save them. Gil Scott Aaron said everybody's fighting, but nobody knows what to save. Um, and 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 what people need to understand on the Barack Obama tip is that he not only is he not your savior, but he is very suddenly proving to be the source of your problem. Exactly. Exactly. Well, listen, I don't want to exhaust all of the things that we need to be talking with you on April 6th about. <laughs> I, I really cause, because I am still not under I, I am still not understanding why we are not talking about how threatened all of our political empowerment. I mean, if 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 a million of us arrived in in Chicago on Monday morning, to protest and support that community in these school uh, about these school closings, I don't think anything would change. Oh, I, I and that is that. a game changer. No, I, I, I disagree with that. I, I think that if 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 people showed up in mass in Chicago, that 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 show of support would change the dynamic. I think what they're banking on is. That people won't show. Uh huh. Uh huh. I I I I think I think that that that's what they're banking on. They're banking on the same level of um, of malaise that they've been getting up to this point, and that they can just pretty much go through the motions and uh, accomplish what they want to accomplish. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, uh, I will I will call in on the sixth 
I appreciate your support. I know you read my piece on um, on uh, on on um, uh, Dr. Ben Carson. And uh, wait a minute uh, before you go. Let yeah. me just say this. Um, I think, Doctor. I mean, this is one of the things that we allow to happen all the time, and that is that this man had a legacy of being a medical hero. Yep. A, a legend. Yep. And these, and this machine, this GOP machine, this right wing machine understood that, and he allowed himself to be lured into ruining everything he has built most of his adult life. Because his well, book came off my bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as, as I said in my piece, he's a great surgeon, and what he and his wife have done with their educational foundation is a wonderful thing and needs to be continued. But and, when and that he, black and man he needs to go away. I mean, he, I mean, it's almost like is. I was thinking yesterday: has the man had a a, a life uh, change or hormonal surge or what the hell? Well, no. I, you know, I I think unfortunately there are too many people like. Uh, uh, like Ben Carson, whether it's Clarence Thomas or uh, Wardell Connerly, or you know, who have risen to a certain level of success, they have been surrounded by a lot of white people who tell them how wonderful they are, mm-hmm. and based upon all of those accolades and all of that recognition. They seem to have forgotten all that it took for them to get there. And, and uh, you know, for Ben Carson to say at his CPAC speech that there aren't starving people on the streets of America, that Negro has lost his mind. Mind. <laughs> for him to say, for him to stand at that podium and say, that socialism was created in Europe in a res- in the response to American capitalism, and that it and that Europeans looked at the wealth of people like Henry Ford and and Carnegie and the and 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 the and the other American industrialists and say that. Wealth needs now to be redistributed. That is just factually wrong. Exactly. For those of you who are listening, we are talking about Dr. Wilmer Leon's piece. Dr. Ben Carson, great surgeon, but a bad icon for the political um, for the political collective. And you can find his piece on our Common Ground talk. Dot wordpress.com for a link uh, to Dr. Wilman Leon's uh, website to, to read it. It was a wonderful piece, and you were right on time. Uh, I mean, I think most people who knew of ben, Dr. Ben Carson had read his biography, 
his autobiography, um, were just so puzzled by this. You know, it, it wasn't what he said so much was that he doesn't recognize how inappropriate and well, out of line he is on these well, issues as a black person. And I'm going... He had a, a change of life moment or something, and then it just continued. Oh, he, you know, he, is, in, in fact, you know, now he's on Fox TV, being interviewed on Fox TV. You know, one of the things that I found very interesting and incredibly frightening was the response that I got to the piece. Um, a lot of people thought it was very well done, and they and they agreed with me. But, uh, but, but. A number of people who disagreed with me attacked me for writing the piece. They not one person challenged anything I said in the piece or wrote in the piece. Uh huh. What they what they challenged me on was how dare you attack Ben Carson? And my thing was, you know, Janice, one thing that my father taught me. A long, long time ago, he said, son, there's one thing about wrong. It's always wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. never right. Now, and, tell tell our listeners, um, uh, give us your schedule, because I'm always late. <laughs> um, in terms of the show? In terms of your show, yes. Okay, Saturdays. From uh, eleven to eleven to two Eastern on Sirius XM one twenty eight the Power, and then it's replayed on Sunday usually from uh, twelve to th- uh, to three. Three, yeah. Mm-hmm. Twelve to three, unless it's preempted by some other foods. Uh huh. And your website? Uh, I I would prefer instead of the website, go to the Facebook fan page. Facebook okay. uh, Dr. Leon's prescription at Facebook dot com. Dr. Leon's prescription at Facebook.com. The website is WilmerLeon.com. Okay. And we we also have your information on our community forum at ourcommonground-talk.ning. Thank you so very much. We, we really look forward to, to having you on April 6th. We have I got to, I mean, one of the, Things before you go, and I know I keep saying before you go. Um, this 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 breakdown that we're having in in Black Talk Radio. Yes. Do you feel like we're having a breakdown? Well, you know I, that's an interesting question, and um, if you're referring to uh, Michael Basin, I'm, I'm referring to Michael Basin, and I'm referring to. Uh, to um, you know what's happening over at XM Radio with the change of the the um, the name and you know what is in the world is going on. Well, I, I think I think those now now this is going to have my parents turning in their graves because I I I am not one to hold my tongue and, and I'm going to speak honestly as I understand it to be. And if it winds up costing me losing my show, then then so be it. But well, you always have a home. You know that, right? <laughs> you, you are, you are, thank I you. always say that. 
I think I think what we're seeing are 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 some different elements as it relates to to, to Sirius XM and 128 and the change of the name. Um, basically, what I think you've seen is a movement by some minds, apparently much greater than mine, to go to this concept of uh, of, of uh, lifestyle and entertainment. As as though we need to be told how to fry chicken, and and, and you know, and and don't wear stripes with plaid. Um, um, instead of a true commitment to providing our community with the quality of not only information but analysis that is necessary for us to be an informed and engaged political community. And, you know, that's the direction that they have decided to go, and that's the direction that they're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 I think it's the wrong direction, but I'm not in the position of making those decisions, and they're going to do what they're going to do. But uh, this whole thing about lifestyle and entertainment, you know, again, we don't need B. Smith telling us how to fry chicken. That's, that's, we don't need that anymore. And, and her husband uh, telling us how to watch it. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and see, because th- to me, th- this, is a, this is a very dangerous direction because it's all about you can be wealthy like me. It's a... It's a, it's a it's moving to this individualistic wealth attainment instead of understanding. See, we've always had in our community a individual as well as a collective struggle. And there have been individuals in our community since the time that we disembarked from that Dutch man of war in the shores of Jamestown, Virginia in 1619. We have uh-huh. always had Africans in America and later African Americans who individually have done well. Yeah. As I wrote in my piece about Ben Carson, Olana Equiano, the Equiano, the, uh, uh, the the African, he did well during slavery. But the but the but but as a collective, we were an oppressed people. So these these programs that want to talk about. Uh, that want to talk about you can be wealthy like me if you do A, B, C, and D. Mm-hmm. They're moving us from the collective to the individual. And this other thing about basing all of this dialogue in, you know, praising God instead of a liberation theology, which moves us into a freedom, again, as a collective instead of individuals, is incredibly damaging to our community. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. I think that we're seeing some uh, return back to um, the lifestyle and light talk, what I call light talk um, era, of uh and having people outside of our community outside of community radio defining 
what black talk radio should be. And that and is very have, dangerous. You have people managing black talk channels that have never really been focused on black talk. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. Why, that's why I say on my on my, during my show that talk without analysis is chatter. And we have had enough chatter, and it is time for us to be engaged in constructive analysis mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that we can then be armed with the information that we need so that we can empower ourselves. Absolutely, absolutely. We know how to make potato salad. We know how to fry chicken. We don't need more people on radio. On te- I remember when Kathy Hughes launched launched TV One, and I went to Alfred Liggins, and I presented Alfred with a few show ideas, political-based uh, uh, programming, and I was told directly, we are not going to be political-focused. We're going in the direction of lifestyle and entertainment. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, you do not want me to start talking about TV, uh, Radio 1 and TV 1 and uh, the Hughes organization and how we have all all been fiddling around trying to figure out what to do with ourselves with serious talk uh, for the upliftment of black people. Well, what, uh, I would ask, what I would ask your audience to do is write to Sirius XM Management, send them an email, and tell them enough of this foolishness. We There's too much at stake for us to be engaged in lifestyle and entertainment. I mean, look at what has happened to the Today Show. I mean, because it's not only Black Talk Radio. I mean, yeah. we're seeing this. We're seeing. Look at what happened to the Today Show. I mean, it's 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 prevalent. It's the dumbing down of the American body politic. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Wilmer, we are looking forward to having you on April 6th, and I want to to, um, make sure that our audience will go to your Facebook page, uh, Prescriptions. Uh, Dr. Leon's Prescription. Dr. Leon's Prescriptions, and to um, read your your piece on Dr. Ben Carson, because you are just so right on. Oh, check out the piece too that I wrote about uh, uh, Lil Wayne from Paul Robeson to uh, oh, I Dwayne haven't seen Carter. that one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Lil Wayne made these ridiculous comments about Emmett yeah. Till. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I wrote a piece uh, from uh, uh, from Paul Robeson to Dwayne Carter, Lil Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna find that one and post it in our our in our chat room. I have posted. Uh, your piece on Dr. Ben Carson in our chat room tonight, and we want to thank you so very much, Wilmer. Um, and we're, we're, you know, you can come on home. <laughs> we don't have no money, but we <laughs> that's okay. They ain't paying me either, so that's fine. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, the 
I work for for five, I broadcast for five years at WTKK here in Boston, which is the was the largest talk only radio station in the nation, and they're doing all music now. It is it is it is an ugly terrible thing. And, yeah, it and, really is. But, it really but the it, is. Are we protesting? Are we making our voices heard? Yeah, and, and do we understand the import? I had a discussion with Bob Law just about two months ago mm-hmm. uh, about this very issue, whether or not black people are serious about liberation, about no, their own liberation, no, whether no, they can see us twirling in the wind tunnel. Well, now, see, you were, now, you were about to let me go. Let, let me, because I just had this conversation with my students uh, yesterday in, in class, and it's, it's the fact that too many of us don't understand what it actually takes to make something happen. We, uh-huh. We're sitting idly by waiting for the next Mr. Sparks. We're sitting, sitting idly by waiting for the next Dr. King, waiting for the next Medgar Evers, waiting for the next Fannie Lou Hamer, instead of understanding that all of those people that have become icons in our struggle, they all started out as regular people who responded to an extraordinary challenge. Mm-hmm. Dr. King started as a minister who was merely trying to get the bus company in Montgomery to let black people ride the bus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the, to, that's to a problem. It is our to a problem. Yes. A, to a specific problem. Mrs. Hamer was a sharecropper who wanted to vote. Mm-hmm. It was just that simple. Fannie Lou Hamer wanted to vote, and she right. would not take no for an answer. That's right. But too many of us now don't understand that the Montgomery bus boycott didn't just happen. It was planned. It was organized. And people had to stay vigilant to ensure that they received from that process. So if you were caught on the bus, Somebody rolled up and knocked on your door that night and said, Hey, uh, Janice, uh, did I see you riding the bus to work today? Uh, you do realize that we're having a boycott and we don't want to see you on the bus tomorrow, That's right, Janice? You got me? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, what, people don't understand what it took to have a 365-day bus boycott in Montgomery, Alabama, when we didn't have cars. That's right. That's right. And what we have to do is we have to get people focused away from those things which distract us. And see, Janet, I'm saying on my show all the time that too many of us are looking at these issues in a context that is overwhelming. No, you're not going to change the world. No, 
you're not going to become the next Dr. King. No, you're not going to become the next Fannie Lou Hamer. You can't take over and change the world. Take over your living room. That's right. Then once you've gotten control of your living room, then take control of your front yard. Exactly. And then you can take it, you can take control of your neighborhood. Mhm. Mhm. You know, one of the things that uh last week we had Ruby Sales from Spirit House Project mm-hmm. in Atlanta on, and one of the things that she to- told us about the Stokely Carmichael Kwame Ture beginnings uh, with SNCC organizers was they went into small communities and they started working on a specific small project in those communities that the residents had identified as a problem. And sometimes that was a matter of just very small things about how it, how equipment farming equipment was delivered to black people in the rural areas all politics are local that's right and the Thomas thing O'Neill understood the, the, that so well the interesting thing is Janice is that now with the technology that we have in our cell phones mhm if we actually if we actually started using our smartphones to make us actually smarter, how powerful we could become? Yep. Yep. It's not Absolutely. that difficult. It it really isn't. No. It really I, you know, isn't. Hey people, read something. Try that. Read yeah. something. I mean, and one of the reasons that talk radio is such a critical um, uh, vehicle is that you get a digest of stuff, all the things that you cannot read or do not read, so that you can begin to critically think through the problems in front of you. I would ask your audience how many of them subscribe to Black Agenda Report, blackpoliticsontheweb.com, your website. You know, our our black commentator. I mean, there is just so much out there. It's not that hard, boys and girls. Nope. It's not that hard at all. Yep. It's not that we have got to have a game change in our thinking, Wilmer, about where we are. Because yes. I think that people think that we are at a resting place, and we are not. We are in the middle of a war for our very existence in this country because we have been literally made invisible. I was just going to say to you, Gil Scott Heron said, in the revolution will not be televised. He said, what you see on your television is not the revolution. It is the result of the revolution. Revolution. The revolution actually takes place when you change your mind. The revolution takes place 
when you change the way you look at things. Once you have started that change in your mindset, that will impact your action, and that's when you start to see people in the street. For people in the street, that's not the revolution. That's the result of the revolution. The revolution takes place when you change your mind. Wow. I got to go. <laughs> Wilmer, we'll see you on April 6th, and you have a wonderful uh, Easter day. And uh, thank you so very much. This was a real treat. I truly appreciate it. It was a mistake to pay it off. Thanks, Janet. <laughs> have a wonderful see you on Bye-bye. the 6th. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Wilmer Leon. He is the host of Inside the Issues with Wilmer Leon on Sirius Radio, Sirius XM Radio. And if nothing else, you should subscribe just to hear his show. He is a professor of political science at Howard University, and I am so proud to call him my friend. This is Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham. Thank you so very much for being with us. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we've got some radio stuff to talk to you about. Uh, so to speak, uh, metaphorically, with uh, uh, with uh, 
You have to be careful. Perhaps we need to consider, is this just because they're black that they're in prison? Or could it be because they didn't want to work hard in school? Is the fact of who his base is. His base is made up of people even more vile than he is. I mean, you've got, you, you've got the genuine, I mean, you've got, a lot of it is just walking human debris uh, on, on the Democrat base side. And they've got to be stoked. That bunch of people, those savages... Uh, uh, that make up the Obama base are fit to be tied. He had to get them back, and the one way to do it is to go out and savage us. That's what they love. That's what they get off on. That is their orgasm, because these people can't find willing mates. Back to the question of what it means to be white. I think what it means to be white, in part, is that uh, you have the privilege of blaming people of color for their own victimization under white supremacy. I've heard you say that to me. I've heard you say that to him. I've heard you say that to him. I've heard you say it to him. I've heard you say it to uh, every person of color in the room who challenged your perception of yourself in the world. That is part of what it means to be white. Maybe that's part of the answer, that we feel that the field is wide open and each man can stand on his own. No, no. We, each man does not stand on his own. Some men stand on other men and other women. Light-skinned men. Men from Europe stand on the heads and the parts of men and women and children of color. That is, and of course, you, uh, you also stand on the, uh, the, the heads of white women. But no, it's not a question of every man standing on his own ground. All of the ground, damn near, of this planet has been taken from almost all of the people of color on this planet. Australia was a black continent. Africa was a black continent. North America was a red continent. South America was a red continent. You are not standing on your own ground. You are standing on red ground. And that's what it means to be white. To say that you're standing on your own ground and standing on somebody else. What do the four major Fox News-only stories of the Obama era have in common? The four major stories pressed and pushed relentlessly on Fox over and above the facts as their own make-up-the-news-cycle-you-wish-you-had narrative that they want to pin on the Obama administration. What is the same about these four ginned-up Fox News-initiated would-be scandals? Van Jones, Acorn, the new Black Panther Party, and Shirley Sherrod. What's the same about these four stories? This isn't about racism. This isn't a story about picking on black people. This is a story about political outcomes, about the tried and true political strategy of not targeting black people, but targeting white people, targeting white people, white voters or white would-be voters to feel afraid of black people, to feel afraid of African-American people as if they are not fellow Americans, but rather a threat to what white people have. They're coming for you. It's a zero-sum game. If they get anything, that means you lose something. The message is a... There is a quote that is attributed to Gandhi um, that probably was not said by Gandhi, but I don't know who did say it. So since everybody thinks he said it, he's maybe still the best reference. In any case, uh, it goes like this. First they ignore you, uh, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. I always found this um, very inspirational as a kid who felt like I was always going to be part of the uh, world that at best would be laughed at and, uh, and a typical day would be ignored. 
The idea, being, the idea was that, that this is how you as an outsider, you as somebody who is initially dismissible, you can eventually, if you are persistent and if you do your work well, you can achieve great things. You can, in fact, defeat the people who would dismiss and laugh at you and fight you. We are seeing right now the reverse of this. We are seeing quite literally this process playing out backwards with the presidency, this historic presidency that came about because of a brilliant and country-changing campaign. So this is, the, this is the Gandhi quote backwards for this presidency. First, in this case, for this presidency, first, you win. This presidency was not a culmination of a grand career in politics for Barack Obama. He was catapulted to the presidency by the brilliance of his campaigning and by a country that desperately wanted something dramatically different from what we'd had before. So first, he won. Then they fight you. Then, after he won, they fought him. This is our common ground. Thank you for being with us, speaking truth to power and ourselves, transforming truth to power one broadcast at a time. Give us a call. Let's talk about black homelessness, black mental illness, and black hunger in America. What's in store for our political agenda, and where is our political will? on this eve of Easter Sunday. How are you? Uh, that was a real treat to have uh, uh, Dr. Wilma Leon join us uh, in our first hour. Uh, I'm peeking in our chat room, and if you are listening on your smart device or your smartphone or you are just listening because you don't know what else to do, join us in our chat room at blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. Uh, do want to remind you that uh, Wilmer, Dr. Wilma Leon will be with us on April 6th. And on April 20th, the preeminent black historian and historical researcher, world traveler, author, and lecturer, Dr. Renoko Rashidi will be with us. I want to talk to you uh, a little about what your thoughts are on what's going on in black America across the country. Uh, we are being faced with some dismal political challenges, uh, Detroit, Chicago, and, and, and Chicago, not just the, not just the uh, school closings, but also uh, the lack of a both national 
and local uh, focus on the number of black youth murders uh, in Chicago. I don't know if you have noticed them. Um, And uh, in New York, in Brooklyn, where a 14-year-old was gunned down again, another gunning down by uh, the New York Police Department and the community's response to that particular event. But it is not... It is only one event in a culture of police brutality and police murders across this country. Our number, if you'd like to join us to talk about uh, what's on your mind or any of those issues, is 347-838-9852. And in case you do not know it and you are new with us, this is Our Common Ground. It is a place where we come to affirm ourselves, where we come to explore and examine the challenges before us, figuring out what are the battles we're going to take on in this war and what tools we have to take on the battle front. Thank you, Altho and House Music Lover. Otis Griffin is with us tonight. YJ, good to see you. And, of course, Miss India DeClaire of I Declare Show, heard here at Blog Talk Radio Monday through Friday at 11 a.m., and you should be tuned in to her and to our guests uh, who are all in our chat rooms. Um, one of the things that we need to really talk about is how we utilize or underutilize our resources. I have been um, broadcasting Bold, Black, and Brave for 28 years this year. And it seems as though for 28 years, uh, aside from having some of the best minds, the most brilliant black minds and black achievers, and people who have it right. I think that there are only a few people who I have would like to have on this show uh, that I have not had on this program. One of them is Chris Hedges, who uh, writes for Truth Dig, and uh, I've been reaching out to him. The other is Alton Maddox, who was a regular on this show when we were broadcasting on terrestrial radio, and he seems to be quite busy right now with what's going on in his own community. Um, but we have had some of the best minds. I am, I am personally proud uh, and honored to have uh, been able to have two-hour discussions with people who have had a lifetime passion and dedication and commitment to our people, people like Dr. Amos Wilson, Dr. Nathan Hare, Dr. Julia Hare, Reverend Jesse Jackson, uh, Dr. Um, uh, Haki Mabudi. Uh, um, I mean, just... Uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, Barbara, uh, in the last uh, five or six years, uh, Barbara Arnwine of the Lawyers Committee and Senator uh, Nina Turner. I can't even sit.
sit here and think of Dr. Francis Chris Welsing, um, uh, Winnie Mandela. Um, I mean, I, I just can't fathom um, the honor in my life that I have had. I mean, uh, I always like to talk about the week that Oscar Brown Jr. spent with me on the air co-hosting, and we did a special on Saturday, and we spent the whole week together. Uh, and his his son is now carrying on some of the work uh, that that he did. Uh, of course, Kwame Toure, um, uh, and uh, Amiri Baraka. Uh, Sonia Sanchez, Ron Daniels, uh, the list just goes on and on and on, talking about reparations and talking about Dr. Jawanza Kunjufu, uh, talking about educating our children and and reformulating uh, our culture and our community and community organizing and community development, housing and poverty, um, uh, how to engender the wealth in our community, Dr. Claude Anderson, um, uh, Dr. Sandy Darity, um, uh, in the recent years, and um, um, I, I got a note from Ellen Brown, who's the author of Web of Debt, uh, this week, just inquiring how I was and how things are going. So it's really been a blessing in in my life, and I think every spring uh, I try to evaluate exactly where we're going with this program, and in the 28th year it is no different. Uh, I'm uh, particularly proud of people like Alpha of the Alpha Show and uh, Dr. Matthew V. Johnson on Soul of Fire which airs on Wednesday night. The Alpha Show airs on Friday night. And recently, uh, uh, Playfell Benjamin with commentaries on the Times Radio, which are all wonderful, extraordinarily wonderful products. But they are also tools, um, tools that we provide for you to be able to look at, as Dr. Wilma Leon just pointed out, to be able to look at where we have, where are the problems, what are the problems, and what are the best strategies uh, to address those problems. Uh, tonight we had planned on being with uh, Nicole LeVan, um I got a note from her this afternoon saying she was already, and I don't know, things happen. And this is radio, and we can always uh, adjust what we're doing. We we don't get involved in um, in 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 what we can do. So I want to talk to you for the for the next. Um, couple of minutes about where you think we ought to be going um you know um 
I I, I uh, reached out to Dr. John Powell, who has been a supporter of this program for many, many years at the Kerwin Institute of Race and Ethnic Studies and asked him where we thought we should be going. So we'll take your calls about what you would like to see because, quite frankly, we are all putting in an awful lot of hours. I I have to tell you that um, the job that pays me, I see I, I I have I have it all figured out. I have a job that pays me. And then I do my life's work and this radio program has been my life's work along with volunteering with women who are homeless and women who are at risk or victims of domestic violence and family violence in our community. Those things are what I consider my life's work. But our number is 347-838-9852. I'd like to talk to you about it. Uh, we're we're really thinking about taking a big break. Uh, when, <clears throat> when I think about it, uh, I think that sometimes you have to step back uh, because by all... Oh, by the way, did I tell you all I... <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, banned from sending invites at Facebook. I mean, I send out invites of about three to to about three thousand people three times a week uh, for all of our shows, and then for this show. And Facebook has caught up with me and said, "No, no, 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 you got to pay for this." But uh, we'll figure out another way. The other note that I do want to um, make tonight before I forget is that our friend and our common ground voice, we call all of our listener, all of our guests, our common ground voice, voices, um, Frank Schaefer, um, on the occasions that he has spent with us, um he has talked extensively about the importance the important role that his mother plays in his life well frank schaefer lost his mother on yesterday edith uh schaefer passed away on yesterday and if you go to my facebook page our common ground on facebook you will see a wonderful piece that he wrote in uh, memory of his mother, who he lost on yesterday, and we just wanted to let him know that we extend our greatest and deepest condolences on the loss uh, of his mother, Edith Schaefer, who played just a very important role in the um, development of the evangelical uh, movement. Uh, across this country So to Frank We uh, send our greatest wishes For his comfort But when I think about it Going back to uh, You know we've had um, Jeff Kisseloff, um From the History Project At the Na- Nation Magazine I mean we Very very Infrequently We do have white guests We've um, had Tim Wise, and we've had um, 
uh, Jeff Kizilloff. We've had David Nywert. I don't know if you all remember him, but I found his work to be uh, extremely uh, informative and to inform the the um, battle that black people are in. And if you have not read his book, The Eliminationists, How Hate Talk Radicalized the American Right, he's the founder of Crooks and, Li- and, and Liars uh, blog. Um, uh, so, you know, we have... we. We have been as diverse as um, as uh, we want uh, in terms of we've had uh, Ben Carnes, who is who was the chair of the Free uh, Pelletier Committee, uh, the original People's Resistance, um, and um, um, we were one of the few radio shows to support the work of uh, the uh, organization that supports um, legalizing um, some drugs in this country. Um, You will remember Major Neil Franklin, who is getting an awful lot of accolades across the country now, and we certainly wish him well. Bakari Katwana, the cultural critic, um, and uh, Dr. John Bracey. Uh, many people may not understand the import of his work, uh, who is a chair of the Black Studies Department at the University of Massachusetts in Amherst, which was the first black studies program standalone black studies program in the country, Dr. Molefi Asante. Um, so we, we've done some some really good work. Um, uh, Terry Williams, the author of Black Pain. Uh, and uh, we just want to continue to be a vehicle for a lucid black strategy and lucid thought about our problems. Our number is 347-838-9852 if you'd like to ring in. You know, there there have been times where I have said that our listenership uh, is not uh, an active uh, supporter uh, in what we do here and at TruthWorks Network that perhaps we have, black people, have found it not important to listen to talk radio any longer. And and Dr. Wilma Leon was also chiming in uh, about how we take our responsibilities, that we are busy listening to or watching the, the, the lives of real Real radio, real husbands, real wives of some of some place, uh, love and hip hop, and um, that we think uh, that there are outlets in the mainstream media that meet our needs. But one of the things that I say to people as I talk with them about being a guest here, that you get five minutes on MSNBC, 
you get two hours at our common ground if you want to take it. And I am very selective uh, in deciding who will come because this is not Janice Graham's Our Common Ground. This is our common ground. And I often wonder, as you listen to news analysis, as you listen to pundits and commentaries, and everybody mentions common ground, that word just gets thrown around, that term gets thrown around all the time, and whether or not you think, well, that's your common ground, but we have our common ground, and that is where we come to affirm our own experience in this society, looking at the issues. I mean, um, one of the things that we host here is your pain and your frustration. We don't we don't allow a lot of ranting because I think that we have enough uh, black minds and black brilliance to be able to talk through issues to learn from one from each other to be able to digest some of the experience that others have had which is why I insist on having guests because I don't have all the answers I've been in this fight for a very long time but I don't have all the answers and I think that together on our common ground, we can come up with solutions that make sense and solutions that we can sell and solutions that will work. The number is 347-838-9852, and this is our common ground. So um, I, I want to hear from you about where you are where you are in your needs along for talk radio. You know, one of the things that I love and I, I listen to talk radio all day long every day, uh, including Saturday. Um my uh radio goes on at around six thirty. I don't listen to T V until probably around, my RTVs don't even go on until around 6 o'clock, and, and I tune in to MSNBC to, um, to, to get some new perspectives, some new insight, uh, and oftentimes I feel like everybody's saying the same thing, except Chris Matthews, <laughs> but, you know, what else is new? Um, but... Uh, when I listen to certain talk ra- black talk radio shows, I I have to tell you I get a little jealous because the lines never stop, and I am here every Wednesday night, every Thursday night, every Friday night, and every Saturday night, and it seems as though people don't want to call in. Now, there's a reason for that, and that is for every 1,000 people who are listening, you might get, it is estimated in talk radio, that four of them will call. But then I think, 
we do some exclusive kinds of things here at Our Common Ground, and I find them compelling. I mean, I have to really, except for, you know, Alpha gives me a little leeway on his show. Last night when I called into Alpha's show, I try not to call into shows that I produce. It's not a good practice. It makes you kind of look like uh, greedy. Well, it's simply because I feel that some of these issues are compelling. And I have a burning need to turn them over with other people who share my priority about them. You will note that on Our Common Ground when I have guests, and I never invite anyone that I cannot say to them, and this used to be my moniker, and I think that I've kind of dropped it since I've been on Internet radio. I used to greet every caller with, I respect you. I greet every guest with I respect you because I do not extend an invitation to people who have not a track record that says two things. I understand the issues before black people, and two, I respect black people. I will not do it. Just because you see them on Uh, MSNBC or NBC or whoever, I just won't do it. So, (coughs) excuse me. So I, I think that one of the things that, um, I have to do is preserve the idea that this is our common ground. This is not Janice Graham's common ground. This is our common ground to examine, explore the nature of being black in America. Here's our calendar for April. April 6th, which is next week, Dr. Wilma Leon will be with us for the two hours. On April 13th, James Harris, who is the Executive Director of the Greater New Orleans Fair Housing Council, a nonprofit organization that oversees the enforcement of fair housing and affirmatively furthering fair housing in New Orleans will be with us. We'll be talking about uh, fair housing, the fair housing laws, what has happened in uh, New Orleans since Katrina, um, and how public housing is faring under the uh, Obama administration. Uh, You probably will know him. He is the husband of um, Melissa Harris-Perry, who is the host of Image. MHP on MSNBC. So we hope that you will join us for the 6th with Wilmer Leon and the 13th with James Perry. 
And you will recall, some of you regulars will remember that James Perry was a candidate for the mayor of New Orleans right after Katrina. And we had him on a couple of times, but he is actually a housing expert. Um, There are some new things that are happening around uh, the advancement of affordable decent housing in America, and you need to know about those. Uh, and on April 20th, Dr. Renoko Rashidi will, we're calling it an evening, his life and his work, because he's a, a very, very interesting man. Over on the other side, uh, TruthWorks. We're working on uh, bringing on two more shows. We can't talk to you about those right now because we are in discussion with uh, hosts uh, for those shows uh, for Monday and Tuesday night. And um, one of the things, the way in which you who are listening can support us is by signing up at ourcommonground-talk.ning.com. When you register on our community forum, we get your email address. So um, we'll be able to communicate with you. And for TruthWorks, it's truthworks.ning.com. Now, all of the hosts have their own Facebook page, The Alpha Show, Commentaries on the Times Radio, um, Soul of Fire, uh, and on Twitter, TruthWorks has its own Twitter feed. It's TWN Talk and Our Common Ground, Janice OCG. By supporting us and subscribing to our Facebook pages and by being on our Twitter feed. It really does help. Um, We cannot move forward on a larger plan until we have a larger audience. It's as simple as that. That's how radio works. We can't, at TruthWorks, sell ads unless we have listeners, and that's how that works. Our number, again, is 347-838-9852 if you want to Join me in this little dissertation about what we as black people do about our need for information which is unbiased, compassionate, and deep in our understanding in the, and you hear me saying it all the time, it is not helpful to look at either problems or solutions outside of their historical and cultural context. We cannot have a discussion about public education and not talk about it specifically about black children, black parents, and black communities. We cannot talk about it specifically and with clarity without talking about it in terms of how black children were educated prior to Brown versus 
education. And we cannot talk about it without looking at the historical white flight in our communities or gentrification or the crack epidemic or the prison industrial complex or violence in our community or family violence in our community. Every one of those things informs how our children are educated. And you know, I am a huge advocate for publicly sponsored boarding schools in urban areas. Can't talk, I don't have enough time to talk about that tonight. But that is one of the answers. Why do you think privileged white people send their kids to boarding school? To protect them and give them an environment which is inundating them in an educational process. But we can't ask little black children to go to the school down the street and when they're walking home, they see all forms of violence, physical violence, emotional violence, social violence, and cultural violence, and think that they are going to grow up and be healthy adults and individuals. The other thing that we need to talk about more is how some of us have abandoned abandoned our moral, our responsibility to be moral barometers in this country. We've just gone along to get along, gone along to have a job, gone along to buy that Range Rover or buy that $350,000 house. We've allowed banks to rip us off without complaint. We've given away the chalice of our cultural achievements, our cultural standing in this country. Don't want to talk about it, huh? Three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. I can talk about this stuff all day. But what I'm going to do is remind you that I only have ten minutes. <laughs> And to ask you to join India Declare on her broadcast, The I Declare Show, from 11 to 12, uh, 11 to 1, each Monday through Friday. Um, <clears throat> the other thing I want to tell you is that in looking at all of this and looking at all of the energy, I have decided that... I am going to be suspending at the end of April our common ground. Temporarily. Because um, I need to work on, uh, you know, usually what happens is in community radio, I mean, uh, Judge Rogers down in Palm Beach County used to tease me all the time. He says, I walk through the courthouse and all I can hear is your voice booming through it. And that's because um, 
traditionally, uh, somebody listens to a radio broadcast and says, girl, have you heard so-and-so? She's on the radio talking about all, uh, uh, talking for us. Girl, and she had this lady from Washington, D.C., named Dr. Frances Cress Wilson, who was laying it out. I hope some white folks was listening. But that's not happening. So I've got to um, attend to my own dream. I can't, I have never been one who thinks that your dreams happen simply because you had it. Um, Truth Works will continue. Um, I will continue to get Alpha out of his recliner on uh, Thursday night, uh, start working on his show prep. I mean, did you hear Dr. Matthew V. Johnson on Wednesday night? If you didn't, you can go to Soul of Fire on Facebook and hear a 10-minute excerpt. He, as the kids would say, ripped it. He was able to show us how lynching and violence and disdain for a particular people was also part of the passion of Christ. But we don't want to deal with it. We want to sanitize Christ. When I don't know about you, but when he said, when he said uh, the crucifixion was nothing but a lynching, because some people had been talking about liberation, I was on the floor rolling. <laughs> That's all I can say about it. But um, truth works will continue. Uh, we hope to be bringing on two more shows. Um, you know, and sometimes I think, well, maybe if I charge the fee. You know, black people love to pay for stuff. And it may be true that um, uh, something free people don't value. But that's that's where we are. Um, I think I will probably be off the air maybe about two months, two or three months to think through, to pull it together um, and get a sense of we have got to, I mean, we, we've we been, I see Alpha and House Music Lover and I Declare and, uh, um, you know, we, we've, we've, we've been a family for a long time now and, um, YJ, um, Doc Don, um, and and we have got to make sure that we have a place. I've always I've always thought of our common ground as a a place for us, just a place for us that we hold no grudges. Uh, we we have information that is pointed and unfiltered. We've talked about some heavy stuff up in here, and we will 
continue to do so. So that's what um, I think that uh, we need to be doing. Uh, I am looking forward to, you know, I did I did our common ground for almost 15 years, five days a week, uh, for three hours. And one, one, one time there I was doing four hours of radio every day. That's a tough thing. Um, and I'm not getting any younger. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, in two or three, in two years, I can have somebody sitting in this chair, and they are they then carry the clarion call. They then carry uh, the obligation of our common ground. At one time I thought it was going to be my daughter, but um, I think not. The other thing is tomorrow as you move to your churches or whatever you do, however you are in faith about something, please extend um, a prayer uh, for our sister, Marpesa Kupendua. You know her as Sister Marpesa. Um, she has been fighting a real battle with illness, and she has just uh, come out of a recuperation center, and she's at home. I mean, her husband is the most loving man ever there was, and I uh, miss having her as a comrade, as an active comrade. But um, uh, just, you know, send up uh, a prayer and, and, and pray for our people. Pray that we find the strength to have the sight of our ancestors. Uh, you know, we need uh, to be hopeful. And hope comes from what others have been able to achieve in their survival. So we hope you have a very good uh, holiday tomorrow. Uh, I am going to... I do have to tell you all, we we had a beautiful day in Boston um, today, uh, so that uh, it was nice enough to be out with, you know, just a vest or um, some sunglasses. I was wearing my sunglasses, and it was, um, we went to the park and ran into, well, it was, Imani is at school. She didn't come home for Easter. Um, and I do have to announce, I'm so proud of her, she did get her full scholarship to Doctors Without Borders for the summer. Um, but Miles is into his basketball thing with his dad. He's playing in a league. He's getting better. And Mason ran into the Easter Bunny. And the shade that he threw at the Easter Bunny as he looked up to say, what the hell is this? If you had seen him, and he walked away, he ran to me, grabbed my, then he went back to throw some more shade. I'm Janice Graham. Join us um, this week uh, at TruthWorks Network, and have a wonderful, wonderful 
a holiday. I will see you next week with Dr. Wilmer Leon. The time is coming when the window for us to restore the control of our government to ourselves will close. And we had damn well better act before that. You want to know why the American public is fit? They're fit because they're not seeing their Congress do the work that they're sent to do. We need to demand more of our elected officials. Damn Bill DeConner, all the damn time. Come out here in the last second. I gotta try to figure out how to vote for my people. Bathed in the excesses of power, they passed a bill that by their own admission, they hadn't read. This is PR politics. Economists consent that we bring up the bill to extend the tax cut for 160 million Americans. As you walk off the floor, Mr. Speaker, you're walking out. If you want to stand up on the floor of the Senate and defend the Wall Street banks like Bank of America and the credit card companies, be my guest. Why aren't we questioning the underlying premise of the need for a bailout with taxpayers' money? You've been listening to Our Common Ground. We broadcast bold, brave, and black each Saturday evening. 10 p.m. Thank you for joining us tonight and speaking truth to power and ourselves. We are Legion. We do not forgive. We do not forget. Expect us. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.